Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue winter is blooming another season is upon us season five today is season five episode one titled the wars to come written by david benioff and db weiss dnd directed by michael slovis i am colton robertson and i am joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Game of Thrones, baby. Mm-hmm. It's back. It's been a couple of weeks since we actually, you know, release-wise, it doesn't feel like that to everybody listening, but it's been a couple of weeks since we've discussed Game of Thrones. We kind of built up the episodes so that we could get a head start on our top 100 favorite movies project um, and some other things. And it's nice to be back. I like it. I, I like it being mm-hmm. this consistent thing we return to, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, we're doing all this. Let's come back to Game of Thrones, you know? And uh, this was just another nice little comfortable episode, uh, if not uh, horrific in many, many aspects. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's always nice to come back. And it's, you know, I always have the same feeling. Like, I'll forget about it for a little bit, and then I'll come back, watch the episode, and be like, man, I really forget how good this show is sometimes. Exactly. And, like, even though, this like, is a relatively weak episode mm-hmm. of the show, and it's still damn good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, like, it's only a little disappointing on the Game of Thrones scale. scale. Like, yeah. as, as far as, like, TV goes, this is, like... I mean, what more? How much really more? Ask could, yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, uh, you know, we're coming off of the end. You know, it's the season premiere, and it always, this is always what happens. Season four, or the end of a season, comes to a head, and it just blows your fucking mind. And then we're back to the beginning, and we got to start a little bit. They're gonna ease us in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it, though. I'm happy with it. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. you can do with this episode, and. uh if you're ready, I'd like to take us through a few locations. Yeah, I think we're ready. It's starting All right. with a flashback even. Yeah, we're going with, we're starting uh, twenty five years ago. Which is kind of funny. I I was just reading the trivia on this episode and, and apparently in D D they set three rules for the show. No dreams, no prophecies, no flashbacks. That's hilarious. Um, and uh apparently All of that because it's broken. Yeah. Um the apparently the 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 pilot they had that's unaired had a bunch of them and they were like okay too much we got to just not do any of that and then boom Fla- I I guess this is the first flashback until then though which is kind of crazy to think about if if I'm DD Yeah, no, it definitely here. is. I think the only times we start to do flashbacks going forward is with Bran. So like yeah. uh, and that's not even is that not really flashback. a flashback? He's literally yeah, it's like seeing it's just part of the story. Um, yeah, it's like it, I guess it kind of. I mean, they're it's like both. But yeah, no, that's I know, it interesting. Is, it is weird to think that there haven't been any flashbacks at all until. Oh, no, that's just true. Now. But there's been <laughs> they broke the prophecy and yeah. dream stuff a while ago. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I don't I don't know about about there's those a dream two. at the end of season one. You know, like it's a. Uh, pretty note or end of season yeah. two. Uh, pretty pretty notable. Uh, pretty notable stuff there, but uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed this flashback mostly because it mm-hmm. just gives us a lot to chew on um, as, you know, um, speculators, mm. you know, trying to be like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? And it's pretty clear what it means, and it comes to fruition uh, quite succinctly, but yeah. a young Cersei Lannister and her uh, weary tag-along Malera Heatherspoon are creeping through the woods of the Westerlands. And uh, Malera doesn't want to continue, but young Cersei eggs her on, taunting her, calling her a pussy, and being an all-out terrible little child. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reach a hut within the woods, which belongs to a woods witch named Maggie. And unafraid, Cersei walks in first, 
upon meeting this so-called witch, Cersei demands to have her future read. You are a witch. You can see my future. Tell me what you see. Maggie's like, ah, yeah, everybody wants to see their future until they've seen their future. And, uh, fair point. Cersei's like, I don't give a fuck. I will have your eyes gouged out. <laughs> Do you know and who I am? Like, know who my dad is? Yeah. Come on. This is you my are living land. upon my father's yeah, like... land. My land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Maggie's like, okay, fine. Shit. You're going to have three kids and they're all going to die. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, a flashback and a prophecy. Kind yeah, of, I yeah. guess, in, in one scene right here. Yeah. Um, so. But, uh, yeah, she says, you know, I'll need a, a dr- <laughs> I'll need a drop of Cersei's blood. So Cersei picks, pricks her finger on a dagger. Maggie tastes her blood and offers the young girls three questions. And Cersei's first question is if she will marry the prince. Maggie says, no, you will marry the king. Um, she's like, oh, okay, cool. That's dope. That's dope with me. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, she then asks if she and the king will have children. She says, the king will have 20 children. You will have three. She's like, I don't get that one fucking bit. She's like, oh, you wouldn't, but you, it'll happen. Um, yeah, so Rob says, had 20 kids. There's 20 little, or. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. saw a bunch of bastards. We've seen a lot of bastards get I killed. I called him Rob. Um, Robert. Uh, yeah, but uh, just Rob Stark. It would be a very, I don't know, that's that's the Rob I knew. I'm like, hey, wait, Bobby. that didn't sound right at first whenever I just said Rob. But yeah, I guess 20. I don't know. It seems every she got everything else right in the yeah. you know this seems like that would be relatively accurate. Um, uh, Big Bobby Baratheon got around to be sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that's it actually. You know how yeah, been only like, twenty is kind of like uh, for the amount of whoring around he was doing. It's kind of impressive uh, that only twenty children were sired, which is kind of you know absurd. All right. Already, that twenty seems like <laughs> and, a low ball. Never mind, that um, is kind of a lot. Now that I, I twenty is a ton, but the fact that it lot. still feels like a low ball is kind of yeah. crazy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she says you'll have three children. Gold will be their crowns, and gold will be will be their burial shrouds. And yeah, she's like, yeah, your kids are gonna die. And finally, she tells Cersei that her reign will not last. She will be queen, but eventually a younger and more beautiful queen is fated to take her place along with everything she holds dear. And obviously, at present, she's worried about Marjorie Tyrell. But this is not about Marjorie Tyrell. This is about Daenerys Targaryen because Cersei hasn't even technically been the queen yet. You know, like she's been the queen, mm-hmm. uh, but she has, she's been, she's not been the, me. Yeah, she's been the wife of the king yeah. and yeah. the mother of the king. She will become the queen, period. Uh, and the first one to unseat her is Daenerys, regardless gonna, of how short-lived that is. What's kind of like a, a Cersei villain arc? Like, I don't know, is like what I kind of took this flashback as. is like, it's just like, not really villain arc, but just kind of like reasonings why she's so paranoid and so just meticulous about everything. Yeah, man, um, she's like, I talked to this witch once. One of my kids is already dead. I got to protect the other two with my fucking life, dog. Uh, yeah. Yeesh. I mean, I've, I mean, obviously I remember how Tommen died, but uh, how does Marcella die? She gets poisoned. Oh, that's right. By a with kiss, kiss right? The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it as revenge for Oberyn's mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Now, now it all comes full circle. But uh, yeah. yeah, all three of them. Yeah, that's and before Cersei goes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I'm like obviously Joff- Joffrey and and Tom Tom and Window Joffrey obvious. And I'm like, also. I, I was trying. I was trying to remember. I'm like, is Marcella just enduring the whole time, or like, do we ever? I'm yeah, like, she dies in Jamie's or... arms. Ooh. After Jamie tells her that, uh, like, I'm your dad. And Aww. she's like, and she's like, yeah, I know. And that's Dang. cool. Um, but then she dies. Um, so it's a real heartbreaking one, that one for, uh, for Marcella because she was just so fucking sweet, but we will yeah. get there. Um, I'm assuming that's this season. It can't be far off. I think it's season four, Joffrey dies, season five, Marcella dies, season six, Tom and dies. <laughs> Uh, just one one of per season you yeah. know it's kind of like they just have one king die every season exactly much. um 
Just one Lannister kid will go. Just um, every every single every single season, a Lannister dies. Uh, someone close to Cersei, but in the present, in King's Landing, Cersei arrives at the Great Sept of Baylor to pay respect to her deceased father. Mm-hmm. And once inside the Sept, she chastises her brother Jaime for freeing their brother Tyrion and indirectly causing their father's death. Um, and at Tywin's wake, Cersei is approached by Lancel Lannister who has become a devout member of the Sparrows, a religious mm-hmm. cult, and asks Cersei for forgiveness for having a uh, incestuous affair, as well as getting her husband, Robert, obscenely drunk on the day he died. And Cersei's like, okay, pussy. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, cool. Yeah. Dope, forgiven. Uh, like in, I'll pray for uh, your father's soul. She's like, all right. Yeah, the day my father's soul needs help or whatever. And, like, just, all right. And, like, just giving nobody any inch of room at all. Like, at no. Loris, you know, is trying to be like, hey, like, yeah, your father. Like, what a guy. Like, what a force to be reckoned with or, you know, just trying to say anything he can. So she's like, all right, thanks for the nice words. Just walks all like out. She's so. <laughs> she's just, just tired of all this shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Just sick of it. But, yeah. yeah. Poor Jamie in there. Just, like. Looking at his dad, like just He's you like, know, yeah. like oh man, like I have to kinda... say that this isn't my fault, huh? <laughs> yeah, like he's already kicking himself. You can, you gotta yeah. know. And then Sir just comes in, like you piece of shit, you. It's all <laughs> your fault. Like he's like, God damn, like, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Cersei is, uh, I don't know. This, yeah, like even telling We're, the people outside, it's like, really escalating now for her. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's coming into her own. That's yeah, sure. as the as the you Mad know. Queen. But uh, while in bed together, next up, Loris and the male prostitute Oliver contemplate a birthmark on Loris's thigh, which looks a little <laughs> like Dorn. And uh, Marjorie walks in on them, complains about his lack of discretion, and sends Oliver away. And Loris retorts that since his sexuality is an open secret anyway, everyone knows and nobody says anything and nothing happens, so why not I just do this shit? Uh, there isn't much point in discretion. And he also opines that as Tywin is dead, no one will force Cersei to marry him anymore. So, dub, victory, love that for him. Uh, and he points out this this will leave Cersei and King's Landing free to harass Marjorie. And Marjorie's like, yeah, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. See about it. Or perhaps, I don't know, it was used by Marjorie and... Um... Varys in this episode. I don't know why. It was yeah. like uh, it was like, and it, it seemed to draw attention to it, which is very interesting. I don't know. It's just their way of just being like, ah, well, you never know what can happen in the show. Yeah, anyone I can think, die at any time. I, I think know. after the first, um, after the first little flashback, they're really trying to tease the Marjorie will be the demise of Cersei. Ah, okay. Instead of, de- ah, like, instead in this, of the, the yeah, long-term yeah. Daenerys. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, her being like, perhaps, is like, I think the first time you watch is kind of like, oh, what's Marjorie about to try to do? Like, because for the first That's time true. ever in the show, I never really considered that the Lannisters are kind of fair game because Tywin is dead. Like, yeah. You can you can try and pull some shit on the Lannisters because they don't have their dad to protect them anymore. So like, mm-hmm. if you want Cersei dead, it's never been easier to get Cersei dead. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, because I mean, on rewatch, I'm just like, oh, I just know where Daenerys' story goes. So in my head, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. obviously the the witch is talking about Daenerys, but on first watch, you're definitely thinking Marjorie. Like Marjorie's right got there, some shit cooking because you, you know you're watching everybody descend into like. You're seeing just how far they will go to get what they want or get what they deserve. And, mm. you know, Marjorie, we've seen her be really nice, but we've seen her be very cunning. So, like, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. maybe she's about to do something. She doesn't. She's too kind. But uh, regardless, it was a nice little writing choice to make it feel like she might be on mm-hmm. to something. Uh, but that concludes the story in King's Landing. And we're going to head to Pentos thereafter. Uh, which is just a wonderful scene between Tyrion and Varys. Yeah. Um, Tyrion arrives in Pentos with the aid of Varys, who lets him out of the crate he'd been hiding in for the entire journey. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know what it's like to shit all over yourself and push it out of a little hole? He's like, nope, I just know what it's like to pick your shit up and throw it overboard. They had so many good lines here. Like, I mean... I. 
I mean, there's a lot like stronger lines for the episode. These were just this was just like a funny scene, like um, between the two. And I love how, how it even opened too, like just the shot through the little air hole, and like it just yeah. slowly like like making its way, and then like you see Tyrion's like fingers like go over it. I don't know, it was like yeah. just really cool, like this scene. Like it was, it's just Varys and Tyrion talking, like Varys just trying to be like, yeah, don't don't die, like like come on, you're you're better than this, and that's all it pretty much was. But I don't know, I think. Just a beautiful location, mm. and then I don't know, just two of my favorite characters just talking it out. I just I love this. Scene. This is was, one of those times where yeah. I'd be interested to see how much this was potentially visually augmented. Like, mm. uh, it looks like it could be a very real location, but there's also this like this place could very well exist on Earth. That would just melt my mind to know that this place is out there somewhere like this is fucking gorgeous you know what i'm saying uh it probably is i mean that's just i don't know the u.s we just don't have places like that here it's just all in europe and asia and and everywhere else not here um but yeah it's i'd say it looks pretty real looking at the pictures of it now yeah i mean usually they're pretty good about shooting on location they are but even when not you have no idea of really knowing when it's not. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. I had I had some lines from from these scenes that that were maybe uh, maybe lines. Um, yeah, this is and... this is really strong, you know. And it's also just like a really exciting scene. Uh, but before we get to the the beef of it, uh, Varys tells Tyrion that he and Illyrio had worked together in secret to restore House Targaryen to the rule of Westeros but that their errors have left them in Pentos, unable to return to King's Landing. And Tyrion has descended into bitterness and self-loathing and drunkenness, and he's basically ready to die. But Varys angrily snaps himself out of uh, self-pity, telling Tyrion that he has talents that may yet be of use, talents that he could use to seat the right candidate on the Iron Throne. And Varys states that uh, Westeros is mired in chaos and on the brink of ruin, the Seven Kingdoms require a ruler, one stronger than Tommen, yet gentler than Stannis. Beloved by the people, able to please the common folk and keep the nobility in line. Mm. And, you know, like, I remember watching this for the first time and being like, oh yeah, where you going, Varys? Where you mm-hmm. going, Varys? Tell me, talk to me, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay. Uh, but then, uh, you know, Tyrion retorts that such a man does not exist. And then Varys goes, who said anything about a man? And I was like, "Fuck yeah, baby!" Let's go, yeah, yeah. I know. yeah. That it was. I don't know. There's so many. Like that was just so hype. Like I'm on this rewatch. I'm like, oh, it's obviously Daenerys. You know, yeah. like he's he's just talking about Daenerys straight up here. The first time you watch uh, this, it's like, oh shit, Tyrion and Varys are gonna join Daenerys' side. Like that's hard as fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, like we we were saying how it's like a little di- like a disappointing like season premiere a little bit like for the show but like as far as like something like this like it's just planting the seed of like where Tyrion and Varys are gonna go and like we'll see them slowly get closer and closer to Daenerys over the season and like I think that's that's kind of what what I mean what any season premiere does is just kind of plant the seeds for the rest of the season but um like this scene in specific was was one even on rewatch that I'm like okay like I'm I'm in I'm in on this story like I I want to see. I want to see all all this well, stuff. Well, this story is a really good example of something that oh, season five, and you could argue season six are like the last time we spend extended periods of time with our characters where they're not really they're going to do something, but they're not doing mm. much. You know, Tyrion's entire season five is getting to Marine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. entire and it obviously like takes its turns that make it very compelling but like you don't get to the goal of what he's doing until the end of season five and maybe even the beginning of season six like uh Let's see. Yeah, he's i think it's the end of season five though in pentos volantis by episode three he's in let's see she's in marine so yeah. he gets to marine in episode eight hard home yeah. Um of this season and then yeah, just stay, stays there from from then on out. So yeah, it takes takes a while for him to get there. Yeah. Um, he goes on fights in like the slave pits, which we get a little right. a little oh my God. Wow. Yeah, okay. like that. They really tie that 
like all those threads open in this in this premiere really succinctly. Mm. Um Yeah. But regardless, uh Varys offers Tyrion the choice of either drinking himself to death in Pentos or traveling with him to Marine and meeting Daenerys Targaryen. Mm. Tyrion asks, Can I drink myself to death <laughs> on the road to Marine? Yeah. Yeah, like I'll, the the lines I put in here, I just wanted to put, I put them down just so I'd remember them, uh, just because I thought they were hilarious, but not what I'm actually going with. But Tyrion, at one point, I forgot in the conversation, he's he just you know Varys is trying to butter him up, and then Tyrion's just like the future is shit, just like the past, and then he just leans over, throws up all of his wine, and then starts to chug again. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this dude, yeah. this dude is just, he's just going through it right he's now. He's in the fucking trenches. Uh, uh, he is not having a good time. And then there was, uh, like, a transition back to the scene, because, like, half of it was at one part, and then it went somewhere else, and then it came back. Um, and um, just Varys is walking up to Tyrion, and then Tyrion just goes, eunuch, the spider master of whispers and then Ferris just responds imp half man and then like Tyrion just raises his glass like all right touche you know yeah touche, you know whatever. are we on like, this shit aren't we yeah, <laughs> yeah we, just, uh, like quite the pair we make huh yeah, yeah. um i think we, we'll get we'll get there eventually but i think there's one scene and one just i don't know kind of sweeped this whole episode yeah for, it, it for absolutely me. did for me um, so uh like but, i have all four of my favorites are at the yeah. at the wall later yeah, mine on, are but, too. Uh, so yeah it's the wall has a clean sweep this episode it was, like we're getting to the fucking this is this is the season when the wall is looking fucking good, oh, yeah. buddy. Like oh, yeah. uh it's it's a different level uh for the Knights Watch in season five, even though the end of season four was already like it started heading there with John yeah. Snow. But season five is when you're like, Okay, John is uh my man's. Um mm-hmm. but uh in Marine, the Unsullied topple the large golden harpy from the top of the Great Pyramid in Marine to show the Mir- the Miranese people that they're under Targaryen rule now. And their old traditions are gone. And I gotta, I mean, I'm, 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 this is, this is a bold move. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I believe this is just a religious deity. I don't think it was necessarily representative of the old masters. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure true. it's, uh, she's I'm pretty like, sure I'm your religion case. now, I guess, yeah. is what she's kind of saying. Um, I'm yeah, pretty I didn't... sure that's the case. Um, yeah, so like, it's it is just like a winged. It's a harpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not a ruler, unless maybe their their previous ruler went, instituted like, the harpy like, as their god. Symbol. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't really think about it like that. Um, no, yeah, I, I thought it was of the... it falling down though. Oh no, uh, super hard. But, you know, uh... like, and that's the thing is that <laughs> I think that. It, I respect her goals in kind of wiping clean the the previous culture of Marine and like the you know the slavers culture. But there are certain things that I feel like you can't necessarily erase and I feel like religion is one of those things like you can't necessarily go you can't worship this god anymore. I yeah. rule. Uh It's like it's like if I'm trying to think of an equivalent like real world equivalent of I like mean, it'd be like ancient Egypt, like the Sphinx, if it had like some head on before, and then like they're just like, nah, chop that off, put a human head on it now. Like it's it it I don't it'd, know. Be, it'd be like, like if uh if some or like a cathedral, and they just yeah, took some world across leader, at the very top of it or something yeah, like that. Some like, world <laughs> leader head to heads to Brazil and takes down Christ the Redeemer. You know what I'm saying? Like that's uh, oh, that's true. That kind of, yeah, that that might be the closest one there. And it's like, um, you know, like, I, I don't know what the harpy religion was all about. And I know that I don't fuck with the sons of the harpy as we see true. here before long. So like, uh, but you know, there are religious extremists in every religion. So like, I don't know if the sons yeah. of the harpy are like just the, the, the very, very extreme of yeah. their religion. Um, they said they've never killed before, you know, like yeah. before this, this was like their first killing. So like, yeah. They probably were just a normal religious group before then, and they're like, "Damn, they took down our our literal symbol, the one thing we had at the top of the pyramid." Yeah. Like, all right, fuck this, and 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, know. I never, <laughs> I've never really thought about the implications of like doing that. I just, I just saw the shot and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess she's she's here now and like she just is remodeling. And, and um, of course, that is that is something that it would be interesting to kind of delve into is whether or not the like the harpy. I'm fairly certain is a religious symbol. So like, uh, yeah, I mean that that makes sense. Um, I'd probably see. Or maybe it was just a. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a mythical creature in Essos whose likeness is used as the symbol of the Gishari? Gish, Gishari Empire? Um. I guess it's just kind of a symbol of their empire, I guess. Okay, if it's really a symbol of an empire, empire, then you can get away with it. Um, yeah. I just kind of assumed it was a it was a religious symbol. So and at you the know top what? Of a, yeah, I guess. I guess I don't know. Yeah, if it represents the previous rule or ruling class, then yeah, fuck yeah, tear it down. Um, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the unsullied we see during this uh, white rat, as we learn, he is called, mm-hmm. is seen walking into a brothel and pays a prostitute to lie with him and comfort him, which is just so fucking sad, man. Like I was, I was devastated to see this. And then to know that in this state of vulnerability, uh, someone walks in and slashes his throat is, uh, that's even worse. You know, it was already sad. I guess he's having some peace before, you know, like it's, it's what he's going in there for. And like, so, is this the most humane way to go? I mean, I mean, he's still killing somebody, so you know, there's no real humane way to go about that. But like, hey, but an yeah, unsullied been... dog, an unsullied. If they're gonna die, they want to die fighting. You That's know what true. I'm saying? They don't yeah. want to go. That's they true. don't want to go lying down. Um, God, yeah, and like just focusing on his face for like. I don't know, just the shot of him just bleeding out, like lingered for a second there, and I'm like, oh my god, like yeah. just brutal. Brutal um, shit, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is our first encounter with the Sons of the Harpy, uh, a resistance group here in Marine, and upon being presented with the murderer's mask left at the scene, Daenerys orders Grey Worm to find those responsible and for the murdered soldier to be buried in the Temple of the Graces as a statement. And then we see Hisdar Zolarak uh, and Dario Naharis mm-hmm. return to Marine and declare that their mission to Yukai has been an overwhelming success and that the wise masters will turn over power to a council of former slaves and former slave owners alike. In exchange, um, nothing in exchange, says Denise. Yes, I'm uh, the queen. Uh, I'm not a politician. Not yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm not a politician. I'm that a was queen. almost one of my lines. Yeah, that, you know? that was I'm pretty not, hard. I'm not a politician. Yeah. I'm a queen. Uh, and, uh, and just, yeah. I love how... Um, Oh my god, I'm blanking. Uh, badass sword. Barristan? Yeah, sell me. Yeah, it's just standing in the background. Just it has no lines, but he's just like giggling. You know, he's like gives yeah, like yeah, gives yeah. some nods, gives him like, all right, yeah, that's fucking right. I don't know, just that's that's just all he's kind of there for this episode, which which I loved. But, but yeah, this that was a hard line. I don't know was was pretty close. But all right, but uh, yeah, he says in exchange, the wise masters have asked that Daenerys consent to reopening the fighting pits. An arena where slaves mm. used to fight to the death. Um, and Daenerys denies the request. Like, no, that's fucking stupid. Um, that's ridiculous. Why would we do that? And then later on, when she's been fucking D- Dario, uh, <laughs> Dario convinces her, you know, she's like, I can't believe they want me to reopen the fighting pits. And Dario's like, you should. Uh, and she's like, what? And he's like, hey, man, look at where I'm at. You know where I started? You know, like I start, I started in the fighting pits. That was the shit, you know? Um, yeah. It gave him the skills necessary for him to join the second sons where he met Daenerys. And upon, and she's like, he, he throws out one of those lines where it's like, you're not the queen, like you're the queen of, you're the mother of dragons, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, let's get this shit rolling. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know where my dragons are. Like, they're, he did kind of throw in a line of like, um, you know, you are the mother of dragons, but, you know, a queen without dragons is no queen or something yeah. like that, he said. And I was kind of like, oh, it's a little, I mean, she could still, you know, if she didn't have her dragons, like, she's doing pretty well, like, just ideologically, I guess. The dragon queen, but the, 
a dragon queen with no dragons is hardly a queen, you know, like, uh, yeah. Once you, once you become known as one, it feels I guess vulnerable with the, yeah. without the other, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Drogon hasn't been seen in weeks. And Dude's uh, just out eating. Bro's just vibing. Yep. Traveling the countryside, going, going, finding what's west of Westeros, you know? I like to think that during this time, he's heading to like the, uh, the the doomed lands of Valyria, and kind of mm-hmm. just like vibing out with everybody, being like, "Yo, what's up, Stone Man? How y'all doing?" Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's uh, we we could have a whole spinoff of just he's where Drogon was. You yeah, know, he's not discovering the rituals in which will be necessary for him to later bring Daenerys's body to, mm-hmm. uh, so that he can revive her. Um, that's, that's right. That's that's just what he's doing. He's off 100%. learning so that he can save yeah. his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, being a good boy. He's just, yeah, he's just out there being, being a, good, a good boy. He's just being a good son. He's only eating uh, a few people and animals, and that's all. Just he's got to grow people. somehow, uh, you know. Yeah, survival of the fittest. You know, it's the food chain. What are you gonna <laughs> do? Uh, but later on, Daenerys attempts to visit Viserion and Rhaegal, whom she locked underground in the Miranese catacombs mm-hmm. to prevent them from killing people. Uh, and when she approaches them, they attempt to attack her, forcing her yeah. to briskly escape the room. And, yeah, you locked them up, and they do not forgive you. Not yet. Um, I believe this was the first mention of Viserion and Rhaegal as well on screen, I think. I think I might have read that in the... Yeah. First time they get their names? First time on screen um, that it said. Uh, wow, interesting. Apparently. Yeah. So for a couple seasons there, for like... Drogon was the only one. Yeah. Apparently, Drogon was first mentioned in The Children, which was, yeah, the finale um, of season four. That was the first name drop of Drogon. So then now we got Viserion and and Rhaegal now. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah. That's wild. Uh... Because, I mean, before. Like, even Drogon, it was, like, the big one. The Black Shadow. The the bit, you know, they just kind of, like, the, I don't know. They just kind of refer to them as the dragons. Or, you don't know, not not by name, I guess. Yeah, um, that's true. I hadn't really considered that. That's kind of bizarre. Um, but, but yeah. for some reason, I, I have a feeling that, like, Daenerys... Like Drogon got his name, like, immediately. Like, whenever they're, whenever she's, like, He's like real little, and she's like tossing him little pieces of meat, and he's like charring. That's what him. I re- yeah, like when they were little babies. Yeah, I, I, I feel I like she calls him Drogon. Then, um, maybe I'm tripping, but that's just a uh, that's what yeah, I, I feel know. like At I remember. That's what IMDb says on the, in the trivia. So I guess maybe this is the first of of Viserion and Rhaegal, maybe. But I feel like Drogon was earlier than the children than. Literally the episode before. Um, yeah, no, knows? that's the one that really feels wrong. Like Viserion and Rhaegal very well could just be like, this is the first time we've actually heard their names. But Drogon, I feel like it definitely happened earlier than last episode. Like, it's mm. kind of wild. But uh, regardless, we'll then head to the Vale of the Aaron, wherein Littlefinger and Sansa watch over Lord Robin Aaron's struggles with sparring with another young boy. Uh, Robin's just getting his shit rocked. It is not going his way. No. Yeah. And uh, not at all. While watching him spar, Sansa witnesses Baelish receive a message in which he reads, then hides in a sleeve. All the while, Lord Yon Royce has agreed to take Robin as his ward and train him to fight, but is not optimistic of his ability, stating he swings a sword like a girl with palsy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and though. Littlefinger told Lord Royce that he and Sansa would be traveling to the Fingers. They instead head west. And Sansa asks if they have anything to fear from Lord Yon. And Littlefinger explains that he doesn't trust the retainers and soldiers who saw them and is taking somewhere, taking Sansa somewhere the Lannisters will never find her. It's time he marries her off to Ramsay. That's what he's taking her to go do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because she was blood. supposed to marry um, Robin. Robin. Yeah. Right, because like uh, that's what I was thinking. Like she's just sitting there watching Robin, you know, like being like, "Wow, this is this is my future husband right here," you know, like it, like and it's just she's just being just 
shipped around and like she just never gets her own choice whatsoever but i thought it was just funny like it's just her little finger and and uh is it is that royce the Mm -hmm. cool beard guy yeah um just sitting there just watching him train and like i'll even like um little fingers like you know make sure he's safe and uh and his training will increase exponentially by the time i come back and royce is like well yeah he'll be safe but can't really promise anything on the training yeah but but uh you know is uh so they are yeah they just go straight i'm pretty sure that's where they head like i think they go straight to winterfell um i guess i could check the good old map real quick let's see yeah yep she's we're in season five she's in the eerie yep Next episode, she's at Moat Kalen. Ramsey just took that over, right? Like, did yep. a little... And then, yeah, episode four, she's back in Winterfell. Wow, okay. That'll be nice. I, I, I used to get her back. Oh, no, not really, though. Cause it, no, everything it, goes really... It's, yeah, everything she's goes home, from bad but, to worse for her. Yeah, um, no, that's not really nice at all. Um, now that I think... Nothing, yeah, she just nothing has good going life, on. Man. God. Um, but, ah. uh... All the while, Podrick Payne is uh, attempting to plan the next move for himself and Brienne of Tarth, but Brienne tells him that she doesn't want anyone following her. And uh, he reminds her of the oath she swore to Jamie to find the Stark girls, but she states that Arya did not want her protection. Brienne also points out that Pod was not safe in King's Landing, and now that they are far away from the capital, he is safe and they can go their separate ways. And uh, in the background, you watch Littlefinger and Sansa's carriage pass them, and Brienne unaware God, of how it. close she is to her God, goal. Damn it! You know, like even Podge like, well, what about Sansa? Like she could, she could use some like protection, right? And like she's just right there, literally. Like yeah. they see them right there. It happens with so much in the show, like John and and Bran, um, a couple times, and and now just Brienne and Sansa. I wonder, like Sansa's pro- probably would say yes. I don't, well, now that she's with Littlefinger, I don't know. That's the thing. I think yeah. we finally saw her get to a uh, get to a spot where she's in a similar place Arya was when she refused Brienne's yeah. service. Where it's like, "Hey, man, I don't know you. I know this guy, and while I don't love him, uh, yeah. I know that he won't hurt me." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that is kind of nuts. Yeah, poor Brienne. Just brienne's trying her best but the girls are they've been jaded you know like they they mm-hmm. they don't trust anybody they trust the devil they know not the devil they don't you know that's just kind of the, that's kind of the way they roll and uh and there was another brienne a, a line from brienne that that was almost close of like all i ever wanted was to to serve under a good lord or something like that and she's like well all the all the good ones are dead and all the ones that are alive are rotten or something like that yeah. something like that and She's just kind of, kind of like Tyrion right now, just kind of giving up, like just kind of like, oh, what, what am I even doing all this for? Like, there's no, no point. But Podrick's just, I don't know, Pod, good old Pod, you know, just trying to, Sex trying God to, Pod. yeah, man. I don't know, maybe, maybe Brienne. Nah, um, I was trying to, trying to think if if Pod could just show her the way, you know, maybe one time, and maybe that'll cheer up her spirits. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. That's a uh, perhaps uh, another day. Yeah, uh, probably won't happen. But, nah, probably not. But do they stick know, together? Like I, I'd have pretty sure like, the rest of the show, Brienne and Podrick ride side by side. I'm pretty sure that's the it's the way of things for the rest of the show. Um, I think that they make it to Winterfell, and you know, Stannis storms Winterfell. Brienne kills Stannis. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah, there's just so that's insane. Like how just something that big, like Stan, like Stannis. I forget pretty much everything that happens with Stannis. Dude's like, making moves in but, yeah. this episode. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, he he felt it's really crazy how much yeah. of a just non-factor he always was in everyone's mind. No one was ever worried Stannis would win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no. Even when he had the sauce, even when it looked like, oh, he absolutely could, you just went, there's no fucking way. You know what I'm saying? You were like, something will happen and he will lose. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he is making moves. He did feel kind of kingly in this episode a little bit. But even then, it's just kind of like, all right, like, you're still at the wall, you know? Like, you're still so far away from King's Landing right now. Like, Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. He is just always kind of a non-factor, which is kind of sad. But, man, yeah, I forgot Brienne kills him. How am I, how do I forget that? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty, it, it's not like a battle or anything. He's already pretty badly beaten. Uh, and she basically puts him out of his misery, um, hmm. by, by killing him. But, uh, wow. Regardless, uh, we then head to the wall where mm-hmm. the bulk of the goodies happen Here in this go. episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where John is training Ollie, his eventual murderer and the murderer of the woman he loved, which he's already forgiven him for, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, I kind of expected him to kind of like give a little cheap shots in there, you know, kind of like hit him in the head on purpose and like just no, beat him down. But he's just that John good of a guy. Just how good of like a dude the, he is. Yeah, like, you know, God. he's like, I can't hold it against you for killing a wildling. You did exactly what we were told to do. You know, had like, no idea. Yeah, that, that was the person he loved. You know, he like, but still, fuck Oliver to the day I die. I don't care. Yeah, I, I mean, he'll hang eventually, so I'm just waiting yeah. for that point. We'll just we'll, uh, we'll we'll rejoice when the day comes. But <laughs> in the meantime, uh, yeah, he's attempting to train Ollie. Uh, you know, the, the, trading some blows back and forth. Get your shield up. Get your shield up. It's so heavy. Well, you need to get it up, or else I'm gonna I'm gonna ring your head like a bell. Um. <laughs> He gives him that little pat on the cheek and stuff. And John's just like a great fucking mentor, man. He's trying his best to be a good dude. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what more Ollie could possibly want. Uh, but they're interrupted by Melisandre, who's got, who's done a little bit of, a little bit of something with her hair, by the way. Looking yeah. a little darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, She'd have a different look to her this season, yeah. like this season. The North, uh, the North agrees with Melisandre, if I would, if I say so myself. <laughs> uh, She's not cold, no, you know. No, she's toasty. Yeah, uh, she's uh, she's been sent to fetch John for an audience with Stannis, and on the ride to the top of the wall, John is uh he's he's not exactly comfortable with Melisandre's presence and the questions she asks. You know, uh, why? Why did she uh, ask? Why did she ask him if he was a virgin? Like, what, what came out of nowhere? Like. Oh yeah, you're not. Are you cold? No, the Lord's fire lives within me. Are you a virgin, by the way? My no? assessment is that she sees uh, kingliness in him. Um, she does, and I think that either way, if he's a virgin, it means it makes him a better sacrifice. If he's not, it makes him a good lay. Um, so she's just trying to. She's she, trying I think to she's just like you're kind of fine. Can we fuck sometime? Um, I was thinking, you know, I was trying to think of like, did she see like some vision uh, that had you know John and and it's the her visions. reaction to the information that he's not a virgin that makes it confusing though. Yeah. You know, like yeah, because she was like no, and she's like good. Yeah, it's like. It, it, if he'd have said yes, I think she'd have said good. If he'd have said no, I think she'd have said good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's, she just has different things she wants to do for whatever the answer might be. Um, hmm. if he is a virgin, we're going to burn you at the stake. You, you seem to have uh, a to you. If, uh, if he's not, because was Gendry a virgin or no? Because she like, so. she used, you know, you, you know, just was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm here right now. Let's do this thing, and then like got got the leeches on him and sucked his blood. So maybe it was kind of like a if you are a virgin, then I can use you know I can just I can get whatever I want from you, mm-hmm. maybe sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It, I, I was just kind of like my head was spinning, but the only thing I landed at was just like, yeah, she just wants to fuck John. Like who yeah, wouldn't? I mean, like, you John, know, like John's a good looking man. She's yeah. a fine looking woman. Why <laughs> not have good looking sex? You know, like yeah. I think that's kind of uh, I think that's kind of where they are. <laughs> Or where Melisandre is, anyway. Um, yeah, like, the only elevator at all in all of Westeros, probably. Like, this is probably the only, like, there's not many elevators at this time. Probably only to get up into the wall. Like, this is the only situation where you're going to be, like, 
like this awkward elevator ride. You know, like it. You could, this is like yeah, the only time already, you can get it. In we this already show. have our rules about like talking and elevators, and our rides are relatively quick. This is mm-hmm. like a this is like a fifteen minute elevator ride yeah. to the top. You know, like, it, how long does that take? I don't they, know. They, it can't, it can't did, be short. Uh, did he just really sit there? They both just sat there after that question for like ten minutes, just like yeah, okay, she just wants to fuck, and like yo, or like you know, just. The whole way up, just awkward. No, yeah, and maybe I'm, maybe I've, uh, maybe I'm misreading that. But like, from what we know about Melisandre and what we know about John, I don't know how much more loaded that question could have been. I think that if she'd already shifted her sights to him being the prince who was promised, this isn't the question she asks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because uh, what vision would she have that would be like, oh, the prince who was promised is not a virgin, and that's how you'll prove it. Fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, uh, that's that's the case? I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> regardless, uh, when they get to this top, San, uh, Stannis explains that he intends to retake the north from Lord Roos Bolton, uh, but he needs an army and desires the free folk to fight for him, which clarifies why exactly Stannis just decided to ride north of the wall you know I remember uh being kind of like why the fuck did he do that mm-hmm. like what was what was his goal here and it was this to uh yeah. to recruit the free folk in the fight for him which is dumb as fuck I um, mean for free you know he didn't have to pay like he didn't have to take a loan out from the bank to pay up an army or do really he was just like well if I just take this I'll get a big army for free but then what mm-hmm. he doesn't realize is like they don't give a fuck about him at no. all. Like, it's like, um, you gotta have some purpose to fight for. You yeah, know, they took, just... he took the wrong lesson from them uniting under Mance Raider. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, that means they can organize. No, it means they can organize under Mance Raider. It doesn't mean they can organize under anybody. Um, but, uh, what he wants, Stannis, he wants John to convince Mance to bend the knee and have the wildlings fight for him. In exchange, he would set them free and give them their own land within Westeros. And uh, John's like, yeah, I'll try, man, but there's almost no fucking way that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, good and, luck with that one. Yeah. And no the, next, the next two scenes yeah. are, are one-two on the episode, whichever way you want to put it. Um, mm-hmm. But John relays this message to Mance, telling him that Stannis. Well, he doesn't even tell him. Mance has already gathered that that's what he wants. You know, yeah. he's he's just been chilling down there, and he's like, "You can tell him to fuck himself, basically." You know, uh, <laughs> and uh, this is if this isn't my favorite scene, the next one's my favorite scene. It's know? mine. Mine. Well, I, I chose okay. the conversation and I'll go with the next that one. they had. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, it. it I knew it was coming. You know, I, I knew it was coming. I'm just like, man, they are building this up so well. Like the suspense that slowly builds. I guess more of like when the conversation's done, the suspense really starts to build. Mm-hmm. And like the music that's playing, like man starts to look like a little afraid. But but I just like the conversation they had, and man's oh, just dude, being like great convo. And it's yeah, it's like, extremely formative on John. You know, when it comes to this episode, I went John Snow as my character. Sierra Hines as mm. Mance Raider for my performance. Okay, um, yeah, we just flipped everything pretty much because I just went, I went with Mance as the character and Kit, mm. Kit Harrington for the performance. And I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah, um, Mance did. I mean, maybe he does have the performance there. And this He's is got the a last lot, one. I mean, like Kit, not, um, but I, I don't Kit know. Kit puts I, on one hell of a show here. Uh, they, like this is an incredibly acted sequence, and I know that we've kept saying this every season, every time. He just kind of keeps elevating and seeping deeper and deeper into that role and feeling mm-hmm. like he fits there. Um, and this is, you know, I, I think that his scenes with Sierra and Hines, like you can see that it's just these two can click. You know, they have they yeah. have a mode they can get into where they 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 both thrive in scenes together. Um, but this is one of those. This is one of those ones. Like this was fucking incredible. I, I went with a line from this scene. Um, them talking here. Uh, whenever John's like, and you'll you'll bet you won't bend the knee to protect your pride, and mm-hmm. and Mance goes, pride, fuck my pride. I was yeah. like, 
fuck yeah. He goes, this is, that's not what this is about. Yeah. I was like, you are a so fucking G. Here. Yeah. You he, know? Like he was just spitting here. Like there was, there was one, I forgot the verbiage exactly, but it was like, if, if you don't see why I won't enlist my army yeah. to fight for Stannis, then I, I, there's no point in explaining it to you. And I'm like, yeah. man, like he's just delivering these lines, but the line well, I chose from incredible him, too is John, you know, John, he, he says that he thinks he's making a mistake. And he does, but the reason he's fighting for this is because he simply, he, he wants to ally with the wildlings and knows Mance Raider's the man who can make that happen. If they don't have mm-hmm. Mance Raider and on the flip side, Mance Raider is comfortable. I think Mance Raider is comfortable dying because he knows John has the capability to do it. Oh, you okay. know, like I think he, I think he's confident that he can die and that the wildlings won't die out. Like I think he knows John will do everything he can to protect them. Mm. Um, yeah. And bring no, them didn't, together sort of. I didn't think about that. Cause I mean, I was just thinking about how, how like the wildlings would see him if he did bend the knee. Like that was the thing I was thinking of. Oh, like, yeah. like if, if the wildlings see him bend the knee, then they're, I mean, they probably like won't fight for Stannis anyways. Like it, that's the, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, even if Mance gives up and he's like, oh, sure, yeah, whatever. Like, I'd be like, well, then like, fucking never no. mind. We don't follow this guy. Yeah, like, no, like, yeah, this is, this isn't what we want. Um, but the, the line I chose was the, the last line that Mance said, uh, to John. I think it was the last thing he said before he walked out the door. He's like, yeah, you're making a big mistake. And he says, the freedom to make my own mistakes is all I ever wanted. Yeah. Um, and you could kind of see, like, as as John's like walking out the door, like just the facial acting that uh, what's Dude, his Kit Harrington, Sierra Hines, Sierra Hines, yeah, like I don't know, he was he was doing a great job this episode. I'm glad he he's getting a, a nod there. Yeah, it's he, his he only one. It's his only. Yeah. So you went with Kit Harrington though? Yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I'll have to stick. All right, with him. then that he, gives, got, he got a character and a performance. Yeah, that gives Kit Harrington his sixth performance nod, which locks him in at the five spot. Mm. Uh, right below Michelle Fairley with seven performance nods. So Mm -hmm. Kit Harrington's on his way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sierra and Hines secures his first and his only as he will not be returning. Um, Yeah. I mean, in the books, um, this wasn't Mance that died here. Actually, it was the, I think like the Lord of Bones, something like that. Oh yeah, the Lord of uh, Bones. We've met the Lord of Bones. mm -hmm. Yeah, this, in the books, it was like, it was the Lord of Bones, but some magic was being used to make him look like Mance. Um, <laughs> and and then he, the Mance, everyone thought that Mance died. Melisandre apparently knew, and then like they did, they waited to tell John. I don't know. It was like a, it's like a weird, weird one memory I have from the books was like that this was like a, a little switcheroo thing here um, That's that they hilarious. did. But but yeah, and this one, this is this is actually Mance here. Um, no All question right. about this one. Yeah, no, and and it being actually Mance gives the next scene my favorite scene, uh, all the weight in the world. Um, uh. On the night of his execution, uh, Mance stands before Stannis, and although he cannot bend the knee, he offers him luck in the wars to come. And Mance is led to the stake where Melisandre lights the pyre, and Mance slowly begins to feel the agonizing pain of fire. You know, whenever he's talking to John in there, and he's like a you know, what'll they do? And he's like, burn, burn you, burn you alive. He's like, whoa, bad way to go. Yeah. He's like, heading, not... heading, or what was the other, or hanging. Yeah. Beheading, yeah. hanging. He's like, oh, it'll burn you alive. And he was like, oh, fuck. He was yeah, like, scorched oh, wait a minute. Screaming. <laughs> that is yeah. not the way I want my people to remember me. Mm. Uh, and that gave line, us one wish. Yeah. yeah. Gave us, yeah. Was, if there was a dying wish, you know, that, that yeah. was, that was probably it. Um, and just to look at this scene lot. actually brought me to tears, um, which kind of astonished me because, mm. you know, we're not all that attached to Mance, but it's more of like what he represents to everybody who we care about, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, watching, uh, torment, like torment gets emotional. Like yeah. he starts like, like the way he like, like kind of like he can't he sit wants still to do he's something. like kind of yeah. fidgeting like he and he's feels like something needs to be done but he knows he can't do anything about yeah. it you know no, and he's just, just like what the fuck it's yeah, hard like, to watch 
Um, but uh, unable to suffer any longer, John turns and storms off. Others turn away from the scene as well. Gilly looks away. Shireen closes her eyes. And it was just another... I love the scenes where you are watching the morality of our characters oh, play yeah. out in their observation of things. You know, Stannis, it reminded... Stannis' wife's name? Uh, oh, uh, I can't remember. But uh, her just smiling the whole yeah. time. like All just, the while, right next to her, Shireen's like yeah. closing her eyes. Like, you oh know? my god. Yeah, just seeing every... Yeah, you're right. Like, it, it did just pan to everyone around there. And like, that's... No oh, words are spoken. But... You know, for a lot of people... This is a first witnessing mm. of somebody burning alive, you know, like uh, obviously Stannis's army has seen this time and time again. Uh, I don't know about Shireen, like how much has she been yeah. locked away? Probably not. Yeah, I'd say this is probably... she can like hear it. I feel like a mm. lot of the times when it's happening on the beach, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Gilly yeah. certainly has never seen this. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's horrified. She doesn't even know Mance, but she's like. Oh, fuck, you know, like, this is just brutal to watch happen. Um, But just as Mance begins to give in and start screaming a little bit, an arrow pierces his chest. Everyone turns to see Jon Snow giving the man he respected a easier and honorable death. And Mance dies before he feels the agony of the flames. Jon turns and walks off, not giving a fuck what anyone else has to say. And that's why John secures my favorite character of the episode, yeah. giving him seven nods thus far, tying him with Daenerys. Ooh, that's kind of nice. Nice. Yeah, they are tied for third now. Mm. Yeah, he almost, almost got it for me as well. I almost, almost gave John um, the character nod, but I'm like, nah. This is this is man's last chance here, and and this was. I feel I, you. I, I feel had to you. give him something, but. I feel like yeah. he, I don't know, kind of deserved both the performance and character here, but I like John that. and John and Danny tied for mm-hmm. third at seven behind Tyrion with nine and Oberyn Martell with ten. Let's fucking uh, go. Oberyn's still the king. Still the king. Yeah. Uh, but that does conclude this episode of Game of Thrones. How are we feeling about it? How are we feeling about it? It's one of those ones where, you know, I wasn't the highest on it coming into it, but the more we talked about it, the more I saw its merit and the more I kind of felt like, ah, this mm-hmm. this one did kind of, uh, it did what it needed to do, even if I didn't have the best time watching it, you know? Um, yeah. How are we feeling? Planted the seeds well, um, and the ending was definitely, you know, made up for, I guess, a lot of the earlier parts in the episode, um, enjoyment-wise. Um but like I, the Varys and Tyrion scene, I thought was hilarious and and really enjoyable. Um, but every other scene just kind of was like a check in and kind of like, all right, now here here's where the story starts this season, and you'll see where it goes eventually. Hmm. Uh, but nothing really, nothing too substantial. But I mean, I feel like I was trying to think of like other season premieres um, as to like what happened, uh, like season four premiere, Two Swords. Um, I was trying to remember just like what happened that episode. And if, it, if they're like, if all the premieres are somewhat similar to this, um, they are for the most part, you know, season four premiere was the one that kind of kicked off with, uh, Tywin melting down ice and then mm. giving the swords, uh, to Jamie and Joffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I don't remember much of what happened in the season four premiere. Um, nor do I in many of the other premieres yeah. at all. So like, uh, that's the thing is that pre- I think this did exactly what a premiere is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that's just not, uh, you know, it, you get, you get excited and you get attached to the, Whoa, this guy just killed this guy. Whoa, this guy's just doing this. Wow. The deception, the, the betrayal, everything. Uh, this one didn't have much of that. It was mostly just planting seeds and, uh, it was good in that regard, though. So enjoyment-wise, I think I'm coming away floor 8-5, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's probably about where I'm at, 8-5. Okay. Like, not really a 9. Maybe like 8-7-5 would be like the probably like kind of the highest nice I'd give it. Nice little boot. Nice little boot there. there. Um, uh, but no, I'm comfortable going 8-5, just, uh, just starting yeah. low and giving the season room to grow. I think that's... Uh, mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. it certainly will. Um, I I know for a fact it has at least one 10 out of 10. Um, and that's a guarantee Ooh. in season five. Um, at least enjoyment wise. Um, critically for this episode, this is a pretty well done episode. I didn't think it was like mind bogglingly good looking or anything. Like I thought it was, Mm -hmm. it was a solid looking episode of television. It was really well performed, uh, fairly well written. Want to give D and D, uh, some respect for that. You know, we, we shit on them a lot when they do bad, but I feel like when they do good, we don't give them much credit, but this did pretty good. Um, See, maybe just kind of on like a similar vein as like enjoying like kind of around that eight five yeah eight seven five mm-hmm. I'll give it a little yeah. bump up you know mm-hmm. the performances yeah. were that good I could That's give it a little bit of a boost yeah because um, let's see what what would that put on the I mean that puts it on the same level as the season four premiere critically if we give it an eight seven five um trying to look for others that are also eight seven five a lot of eight two fives a lot of eight fives. Uh, another eight seven five critically would be the pointy end in season one episode eight would be okay. the only other eight seven five we have but um I feel like yeah I feel like it's yeah, I'm cool with that it's there which would would average it out to an eight six seven or an eight seven um which eighty seven percent that's a pretty good fucking mm-hmm. episode of television there oh, if yeah. I had to say so myself yeah room room to grow this season uh, but they they definitely planted all the seeds and. uh I don't know, like, I think the best example is just kind of, like, Tyrion and Varys. Like, they just had a simple conversation, but they're saying, wouldn't you like to join Daenerys Targaryen and and put her on the Iron Throne? Like, that's, Mm. nothing happened at all, but it was just a conversation, and now you know that they're on their way to meet Daenerys, and uh, and you'll check in with that the whole season. So I think that's kind of what this episode was, and what a season premiere should be, anyways. But, yeah, a little room to grow this season, but, and it... And we shall, I believe. I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Um, this season is is pretty good. We're in we're in the golden age of Thrones right now. We've um, we've reached four. that point mm-hmm. to be sure. But uh, yeah, it's a fun it's a fun season to look forward to. Uh, all sorts of crazy shit coming. You know, hard home. Uh, Jamie and Bronn mm-hmm. will go to Dorne and go undercover and try and rescue Marcella. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that whole thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Daenerys will be carried from the fighting pits by her dragon when the sons of the harpy uh, ambush them. There's, uh, is that there's the first a time she rides Drogon. Yes, yeah, that'll happen. This yeah, season. that is that is the first. Yeah, I was trying to think if if it has happened before, but I don't think I don't think she has. Uh, no, because she doesn't have any control over it. He just like flies away and drops her in the middle of the Dothraki grasslands. Um, actually that's that's actually what happened that's oh, oh yeah. my god wow yeah yeah because season six is basically spent with her uh, the dothraki finding her and being like you belong to the dosh Colleen, you know like mm. the, Doth, the the former calls wives yeah, all blew yeah. out up at the okay. call star so you got to come with us wow um, oh my god daenerys's story kind of uh we're, like we're getting to the point where it's really, really escalating, you know, like I know that she's, she's been on like a meteoric rise sort of, she hasn't. uh, And this is kind of absurd to say because she's faced plenty of turmoil in, in a broad sense, you know, with her brother and first getting to the, uh, Dothraki. But Mm -hmm. since then it's been a relatively easy ride. Daenerys, Daenerys has had, yeah. Um, the I mean, Sons of the Harpy are the first time dragon. I feel like she's yeah. been posed with like a really true threat. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it's getting there. We're we're getting to the we're getting to the beef of her story mm-hmm. too. So I'm excited. Um, gonna be a good fucking season. But with that, we will conclude this episode of Winter Is Blooming. If you would head to Patreon.com/slash/PennyBloomPod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. For $3 a month, you can hear us talk about shit, um, our exclusive audio podcasts over there on patreon.com slash pennybloompodcast. Um, we've also got a um, $1.50 tier where I put out written content, and uh, I appreciate everyone who signed up over there. Um, yeah, so you can support this podcast financially over there. 
uh, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So that's, that's a big, big help. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever it is you might be listening. It is a huge, huge help. Um, and remember to download episodes. We've been doing really good. Uh, the last couple months, August is on its way to being another great month. And I'm so excited about that. Um, we got a lot of shit in the pipeline for us the next several weeks. Our top 100 favorite movies is going on right now. We've got parts three and four on this Wednesday. Uh, that's the seventies and the, no, the eighties and the seventies. Am I right? It's the seventies and the Mm sixties. Yeah. Seventies, sixties. That's the math. Um, we got the seventies and the sixties in our top 100 this week, uh, parts three and four. Very, very excited for that. Uh, we're just talking nothing but movies we love and that's been so much fun. I'm having a mm-hmm. great time, uh, with that on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film with X-Men, the last stand. So certainly a movie that we are going to be discussing. Um, but yeah, and even so, you know, we, we, we said this is a, a weaker episode of Game of Thrones. We got a weaker movie on Friday, uh, but we got nothing but great movies in the middle. And all of that stuff was made by incredibly talented actors, actresses, and writers, all of which you should be supporting in their struggle against the studios. SAG after and WGA strikes continue as studios refuse to return to the table and give them what they seek which is basically just being paid fairly. So until the day uh, that is done, we will continue to boost that at the end of every episode. Uh, So remember to support SAG-AFTRA and WGA. Stand in solidarity with them, if you will. Um, Yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom, and the freedom to make my own mistakes is all I've ever wanted.